and welcome to the Jill Cruz podcast. This is Jill Cruz. Today I had a very enlivening and just a wonderful deep conversation with Allison Hass. And Allison and I spoke about many interesting things about her life. And we started off with the question, how do you take care of yourself when life is life, when life happens, when loved ones pass away, when you break your leg? There's all kinds of things that can happen. And and Allison shares her story, her personal story around being sober from drugs and alcohol, recovering from bulimia, and her story around being a professional athlete in actually a couple different areas, and just how all of these things happen, go on in life, but she has developed really continuing to take care of herself even when life happens. So we talk about what she's doing and consistency and community. We also talk about how the the professional athlete's life and, and how that can Uh, sometimes be uh, somewhat punishing to the body. I mean, depending on the person and her journey with that and how she, she actually has come to realize that her body is her friend and her body does so many things for her and having that friendly, loving, appreciative relationship with her body. I mean, this, this conversation is just amazing. You're going to love it. Enjoy. Hello, Allison. Thank you so much for being on the podcast with me today. I'm excited. Thank you, Jill, for inviting me. Sure. Yeah. So let's start off. I know you have so many different things that you could talk about, and that's just so exciting. Let's start off by with a question. And you know, you kind of fed me this, so I'm I'm just going to repeat what you said. And I think it's a wonderful, wonderful question. And that is, how do you take care of yourself when life is life, mm. <laughs> when life happens? Yeah, which it inevitably will. I um. Yeah, so so a little context as to how I, you know, came to that ask of me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been through a lot. Uh, a year ago yesterday, we lost my little brother to an overdose. And so mm-hmm. I have lost before, right, relationships, animals, friends, but certainly no one that close. Mm-hmm. And my little brother, my only, my only sibling. And oh. it's still hard. I'm not going to paint a picture like it came and it went and that's very much not but when it comes, it comes. Um, mm-hmm. Not as paralyzing as it was in the beginning. Um, and so, yeah, you know, reflecting back on this last year and being able to still show up for myself in a capacity that allows me to still live life and show up and be useful made me think about that. And and so I've been sober from drugs and alcohol for 19 years. So. The irony, right, is that last night I was actually sharing and celebrating my anniversary on the same day, the year of Matt's passing. And wow. it, it got me really thinking about, you know, how have I endured um, and remained resilient and intact and, you know, not lost 20 pounds, not gained 20 pounds, not had to take six months off of work, all of which is okay, right? Mm-hmm. We all deal mm-hmm. with uh, the way we do, but you know, I have built a really solid foundation of consistency. Mm. And what I mean by that is I have a a daily practice of starting my morning quietly and not for long because I go to the gym and we got to get there. But like, Mm -hmm. I don't have my phone in my hand before I've checked in with myself and 
set my intention for the day. So I talk about God a lot, but I am not religious. It is just an easier word to use for the connection in the universe than going down a rabbit hole of explaining to everyone what I mean every time I say that. But just for Mm -hmm. clarifying reasons, when I say God, I just mean like the higher power of the universe, right? Mm -hmm. And so every morning I pray and I start my morning in that way and, and just ask to be useful, to handle whatever it is I'm supposed to handle, to be shown the truth and I pick, I pull an affirmation card. Mm. I do a daily reading to kind of set my mind. Then I eat a little snack, drink some water, drink some coffee, go to the gym. Mm -hmm. And I've done that since I can remember uh, for Mm -hmm. years, years and years. And, you know, when I couldn't go to the gym, I broke my leg a few years ago. So see, I could talk about life on life's terms. So I (laughs) I broke my leg three years ago, had surgery, couldn't walk for like three months. It was just sucked, right? So yeah. remove the gym, but keep all the other things, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, the, my, my point in saying that is developing a foundation of consistency allows us to lean back onto that foundation when shit hits the fan. And mm. it allows us to keep moving instead of asking, well, what now, right? Like, how how do I do this? Because emotionally, I'm asking myself, how do I do this? But physically, I, I've ingrained this habit of action and movement and doing the next thing that I'm not wondering what I should be doing with those parts of my life. So I've I've been able to keep doing those things, you know, with or without motivation, right? A lot of people think motivation is this external force that is going to just show up one day. And it's not like that for me, right? It's, Mm -hmm. I do the thing and then I want to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, Mm -hmm. whether I want to or not, I'm doing it because I fast forward past the, the feeling of not wanting to and relish in oh, I did it. I accomplished it. I'm empowered now. I'm responsible. And now it's over. Like move on Mm. with your day. And, you know, that, that foundation of consistency and good habits and, you know, adding on to that, having a community of people around me. And I don't mean a hundred people, but just a few that know what's going on. And I can call or text or audio and say, today sucks. And I just Mm -hmm. need someone to hear that. And yeah, say it out loud to myself to make it real, but also to dispel it. I, I've learned that if I can voice it and name it and get at, get rid of it in some fashion, be it say it out loud to someone or write it down or whatever, it has less power over me and less grip and then less chance to snowball. Yeah, for sure. Wow. So many thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of consistency. I think it's so powerful. And when you talk about consistency, that's essentially habit. It's a mm-hmm. habit, right? So it doesn't require that motivation because your brain is already like, well, this is just what we do. We get up and we right. to have this moment and then we go to the gym. And, and I talk about that a lot with clients and, you know, out into the world of like building a habit is not, is not easy. There's, I, I talk about it like like the the golden pot at the end of the rainbow because there is that place where you can be where you don't think about oh I have I have to go to the gym well, or should I go to the gym I'm a little right. tired you know you can kind of right. talk yourself out of it no right. it's just a habit and you just do yeah. it and that is again it takes a lot of dedication and commitment and recommitment a million times probably to get to that place but once you're there it's like ah oh, it's wonderful yeah. and i want to bring this to when life happens you break your leg or very sad things happen people that you love that passes away i mean that's that's really 
a big life event, the fact that you are able to continue that consistency in the face of that is is incredible. You know, I really admire that. I always do this with my clients, like pat on the back, give yourself a pat on the back. And I'm just thinking what, for whatever reason it was coming to mind that I had, I had COVID in December and then in July, basically Mm. like six months apart. And I tell you, I fell off everything Mm -hmm. for like a month, you know, like I didn't, I didn't work out. I didn't meditate. I, you know, my food was okay. And so I really do admire the fact that you've developed such a strong, consistent habit. It's amazing. Thank you. I think, um, a couple of things coming to mind. One, like I've picked people I want to be like, right? Like real people, not just, you know, people out there that I'll never touch or meet those two, Mm -hmm. of course, but you know, people that are open and vulnerable and share their experience when times are hard as well as good. And they've done that. So I trust their experience. And maybe I don't have my own. I do now, but maybe I didn't have my own at some point that like I could a build good, consistent habits and a a routine and life, a, a good life. And so I needed to borrow someone else's experience to to have hope that yes, that's possible for me too, right? Because at the end of the day, we're all the same. We're all given the same tools, more or less, the same amount of time. Um, but I want what they have. So I'm going to try and do what they do and just believe that it's going to get easier because it looks like it's pretty easy for them. And, mm. you know, it's one thing at a time, right? I, I, yeah. I've been doing this for a long time. I've been eating well for a long time. I've been training for a long time. I've been showing up for myself for a long time. But there was a time when I did none of that, right? So it was like, how do you get here? Well, it's one thing at a time. If you eat like shit and you go to McDonald's seven times a day, God bless you. But like first step is go six times tomorrow instead of seven, right? Like add some water in with that Pepsi. Uh, Eat some green things that are actually green not what they would consider green with a meal, right? It's not like we, we, and me too, as humans, we have this propensity toward all or nothing. It's like, I'm going to go to the gym now every day for dinner. And then we get fried because it's not Mm -hmm. fun and it's not sustainable. So like, what's one good thing you can change and do for yourself that you can then add on? And you're right. Like, I, I don't have that. Like, should I... Maybe it's like, no, this is, this is what we do. This is what I do. And by by no means am I a robot. Like I have rest days and I have days where I'm really tired and I go later or whatever. I shift and am flexible, which is for someone like me growth, right? I I tend to be on the rigid side and the perfectionistic Mm -hmm. side. Mm -hmm. So I have that component as well. Yeah. That's, that's, I I think it's so important to point that out because it's true. Like we may look at someone and go, oh, wow, you know, she is doing so much. I'll I'll never be able, it becomes almost overwhelming. And I, and yeah, just that reminder of like, just that one little thing, what's that one little difference that you can make? I actually was talking to a client of ours uh, this week and she said, I want to delay. I'm going to stop everything until January because I'm failing. I'm just failing. Through our conversation, Mm -hmm. it turns out she lost 11 pounds. She Mm -hmm. um, has developed a consistent exercise habit and she's eating more vegetables than she used to eat. And I was like, you, win, you're win, doing win. all these things, you know, and, and it's, but it's that perfectionist demand on ourselves. And I think, you know, everybody has a varying degree of that, right? What they demand of themselves. But, you know, so I said, well, what can you do? What's one thing? And we, we narrowed it all down to just, if she could just drink one additional glass, eight ounces of water a day, that was yep. it. 
And she said, she said, well, that's nothing. What's that going to do? And I said, no, it's actually something. It's something like once you add that one glass of water a day, like let's talk in a week. And if you did it twice, good. You know, if you did it four times, good. Like we're just going to keep working on that. And, And she was like, yeah, but it's not enough. And I'm like, but you have too is. much of the, um, it's not enough itis, yeah. yes, <laughs> you know, know so well. yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so insidious and sneaky though, isn't it? It just, it just, yeah. it creeps right up on you. Like, oh, you know, that's just, that's not enough. Uh, like yeah. I, I write, I write that all over the place. I'm going to do this even if it's not enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and who's to say that it isn't right. We're, we get so right. focused on outside right and that in comparing like but she does this and look where she is it's like Mm. well how do you know what her measuring stick is today and what it used to be like we have to have our own measuring stick you know me versus me um am i doing the best that i can for me you know is is this enough for me and then like be honest about it yeah yeah I, i think i think also like for me a lot of times i fall into not so much that i'm comparing to other people but I'm comparing to what I think I should be doing right. now based right. on right. this sort of crazy expectation that I put on myself, you know, right. <laughs> yeah, it's, on there's, ourselves. there's a lot to it, but I, I love the lesson here is that once you get to that beautiful spot, relatively nicer, easier spot where you just do it on that path is very, very gradual development of habits and a lot of kindness and forgiveness to yourself and just recommitting, just recommitting. That's wonderful. And you talked about the community too, which I think is, I mean, it's just so important, right? Like we, we need that connection. Yeah. We need cheerleaders. We need mirrors. We need confidants. (laughs) I used to be hell bent on figuring it out by myself, it being whatever, right? Anything. I mean, maybe it's, I'm older now. It's like, that's just not fun anymore. Like you've done it, mm-hmm. been there. Great. Can you tell me how to get there? Cause I'm just not trying to figure this shit out by myself. Right. <laughs> Cause it's going to take three times as long, be 10 times as hard. And I'm not going to have any fun along the way. So, you know, being able to ask yeah. for help and know that it's not a sign of weakness. I think it's strength to allow other mm-hmm. people to help us. And I know how it feels when other people ask me for help. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to deprive others the opportunity to show up for me. Right. Like I know how good it feels to be asked, hey, can I share this with you or do you have a second or can you help me? And it's awesome. I I love that. So, yeah, community. I mean, really, that's how I've survived. You know, those those people that I'm modeling after people that are a little better than me at something. Right. Professionally, Mm -hmm. I have my people, my fitness people, personally, spiritually, and then just having people, like I said, that I can just call and, hey, today sucks. Right. And they love me and they're not trying to change it for me. They're just there to support me. And, you know, it takes a lot of risk to get, build those relationships, right? We might get hurt. We don't know, really. But it's been so worth it for me to mm-hmm. risk having my heart broken and ha- losing faith and being disappointed. And it's so much better than trying to go it alone. Yeah. Wow. I almost feel like I'm going to cry right now. I, I it, it really is scary, isn't it, to develop those relationships? It, it is a risk. Yep. Uh-huh. Thank you for saying that. But it's worse not to. Yeah, you're welcome. Right. I, yeah, it's worse not to. I, I think I'm coming off of a little bit of a high because I you know, was sharing last night and people had mind-blowingly nice things to say to me about me. And it wasn't 
fluff. It was real. And I was like, damn. And I've worked so hard to be that person. And mm-hmm. I've on- I'm only that person because other people have been that for me, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely better taking the risk for me, at least. It's totally been better. And for me, it's always like my fear is always worse than reality. Like the <laughs> idea that I have in my head of what it's going to be like, feel like, yeah. is even if it is that, my idea of it is so much worse than reality. Always. Yeah. I think that's true for, for every for pretty much everybody. Like the fear we can let this brain over here can create all kinds of scenarios. You know, I've been trained as a big leap coach. I don't know if you've ever heard of Gay and Katie Hendricks. There's a book called The Big Leap, which is more popular that people have heard of, but that their work is like so much deeper than that. But one of the one of the expressions that I've learned is flee forward. So mm-hmm. fleeing is a is a fear response, right? So yep. when you're afraid, you either flee or you fight or you freeze or you faint. That's that's kind of how they describe it. Fleeing forward is being terrified of something that's happening in the future. <laughs> it hasn't even happened yet. Yep. And it's it's kind of comical when when you think about is like what are we doing? But gosh, right. I just it's I think it's just our our brains are wired to do that for yeah. our protection, you know. So yeah. when when you're aware of it, it's it's nice to to remind yourself and go, yeah, you know what? Pretty much historically, it's, it hasn't been as bad as I thought it was going to be. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, and that—that's another thing. The evidence, right? Historically, yeah. so I have no evidence proving that this is going to happen, or that I'm not going to be okay, or that I'm not going right. to pre- prevail, or any of those things. Like, and someone reminded me of that last night. I'm in sales. We've got X amount of time before the end of the year. I still have big goals. I haven't met them yet, but I have no evidence in my history in this company of not meeting my goals. So like, mm. okay, flee forward. I love that. Yeah, yeah, that's a fun, you know, it's another fun one is that was then, this is now. Because yeah. sometimes like if you do have a history, so for example, if someone has tried to, you know, they've gained and lost weight 50 times, right? Very common for, for we women to do that sort of thing. But, you know, if you really are, okay, and I'm trying it again now, I'm trying it again. I like to use that expression of like, yeah, back then that happened. You know, I tried and failed a bunch of times, but that was then. And this is now. And it helps for people listening. They can't see me, but it helps if you actually turn your body backward and like put your palm out to that was then and then turn it forward and say, this is now. Get your body into that, Mm. you know, feeling because sometimes you do fail and, and then but that doesn't mean you're always going to continue to fail. No, you learn what works and what doesn't. I mean, failure is a natural progression towards success. So yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah. I love that. So you said that you wrote a book. Yes. Can you yes. tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So it's on Amazon. It's called the the Addict in Aisle Seven, and it is a story of my experience, history, and relationship with addiction and recovery. It's mostly around my recovery from bulimia, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my recovery from drugs and alcohol too. And I, I wanted to write it because I, well, pretty normal, right? Walking down the street, pretty normal, successful, all those things. And I know for me, I always thought an addict was someone that looked like not me. And that recovery certainly wasn't going to be glamorous, fun, graceful, any of that. And I really have felt compelled to share my story and that those things aren't true at all. 
And so many people suffer from some form of addiction um, Mm -hmm. and are afraid to seek recovery for fear of what that might or may not look like. Right. Oh, I can't do this anymore. I have to give up this or I'm going to be so boring. And never mind that your life sucks. And there's a reason you're, (laughs) you're looking for help right? You're miserable. (laughs) Not working out the way it is, but that's not what our disease tells us, right? The the addict's brain. It's like, stay with me, right? So I wrote a a book about my story with it. And um, it's been, I have a couple people reading it now. And it's, it's really cool to pay it forward that way. And to remind myself how far I've come also. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you. I will definitely put that in the show notes for anybody who wants awesome. to to read that book. I, I appreciate you. that. Is there anything else you want to talk about? We're about 20 minutes, but I know there's the competitive athlete piece. I don't know if you want to. That's up to you. I could talk about anything. I can do a quick rundown. I mean, I, you know, I'm type A in case that wasn't clear yet, <laughs> you know, and, and my assets are liabilities too, right? So like my rigidity yeah. and perfectionism helps me get shit done and be disciplined and motivated intrinsically, but it also has kept me really isolated and confined and uh, singular and focused, right? Like I can get mm-hmm. really one tracked and it's all about me and what I want. And it doesn't make a lot of room for relationships and people and other experiences, Right. And mm-hmm. so on that same vein, like when I want something and I've dedicated my time to pursue it, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And so, mm-hmm. you know, in the past I was a, a competitive horseback rider with Olympic aspirations. And if anyone doesn't know, the horse world is expensive, crazy, time consuming and changed my life forever. Right. So uh-huh. uh, I can't shit on it too much because that was all I knew for a long time but it totally fried me, burnt me out, turning my passion into a have to just got rid of the passion. And so I stopped riding, competing and, and training. God, 10 years ago now, I can't believe it. Literally around this time, it was 10 years. And I converted my riding credits to bodybuilding, competitive mm-hmm. bodybuilding. So I have a couple trophies over here, uh, lots of interesting pictures, uh, including on the internet. So if you Google my name, you'll see my ass in a bikini. Um, with a lot of <laughs> I love skin. it. But I got into competitive bodybuilding and that I go into detail about that in my book. Mm -hmm. I have all respect for that sport. It was not good for me. The pursuit of that level of leanness and microscopic intensity with focus on body was not good for me. Uh, Mm -hmm. I learned a lot. I learned so much about nutrition, timing of nutrition, exercise, not just winging weights around, but like really isolating my focus on body parts, having the confidence to get on stage in stripper heels and the smallest suit you've ever seen in your life. Wow. But spiritually, emotionally, totally bankrupted me. I mean, it, it yeah. really pulled me down in my eating disorder, which I have a propensity for anyway. So like, I'm pretty much a perfect bodybuilding student because I have all the crazy and like, I'll do that. You tell me I need to do that. I will not deviate. Right. But it just mm-hmm. robbed me of, of being happy. Mm-hmm. And then I, I then transferred credits to obstacle course racing, um, which was more fun, right? I had to learn how to eat to, to perform instead of look a certain way. Mm-hmm. And that ended with me winning an ultra Spartan race in the end of oh. 2019, 31 miles, 10,000 feet of elevation in the snow in Lake Tahoe with 70 obstacles. So oh my gosh, what's interesting about that is, is I won that event and I remember in the lineup, surveying the crowd. So talking about comparing outsides and being like, I don't belong here. Like, what am I doing here? 
I don't look like these people. I have too much gear on. Like I have all my water and electrolytes and fuel. Like none of these people have everything. What am I doing? And it was like, you've trained. What someone looks like tells you nothing about their capacity, their, their ability, what kind of day they're having. So long story short, I, I went out and won. And I remember showering after just crying, apologizing to my body. Like, I'm so sorry. I've treated you like shit mentally, oh. emotionally, right? Never mind physically, but just like, I give you no credit and you carry me around with no complaints, like free of charge. You are how I experience this world. And so that really started to change my relationship with my body. And she's my friend. You know, I refer to her as a her and that feels intimate and vulnerable and sacred. And it's allowed me to drop the competitive side of me. I then broke my leg a month later. Uh, fat, so fast forwarding, broke my leg, totally reset, tried to come back, did, but like it wasn't fun anymore. And I realized, mm-hmm. damn, I miss people. I miss my friends, my family, my relationships. And like, there's more to life. I don't have any regrets whatsoever, but like there's gotta be some kind of balance here. And I was taught that we get a certain number of, of dots in our life, right? Like personal, professional, training, social. And I was investing all of my dots in in athletics and professional. So there was mm-hmm. no dots in the the people and the love yeah. and the social. And like we started this call talking about connection, right? There I didn't have that. So, you know, I've the last three years really reframed and reset. And now, you know, fitness is a huge part of my life, but it's fun. And mm-hmm. it's I like get to and not I have to. And I, I'm just, I'm showing up for it. You know, my mom has MS, she's in a wheelchair and like she would yeah. trade places with me in a second, right? Yeah. So yeah. like really keeping that close to heart and, you know, just like my body's pretty cool. She does a lot of really cool shit. I'm really strong and she looks all right too, you know, and I feed her well and take care of her and my boyfriend's a chef and I let him feed me now. That took a long time, but like we have so much more fun than if I'm like, yeah, I got to measure my peas, babe. Sorry. You know, it's like, come on, right? There's more to yeah. life. So that was um, a condensed version in, in interest of time. But, you know, athletics and, and starting with the horses have, have given me a lot of self-respect and empowerment. And, you know, I go to the gym first because it, it reminds me that I can do hard things. And, mm-hmm. you know, if I can pull my body weight up over a bar a couple times in a row or squat or whatever, like I can totally deal with this asshole customer that does that doesn't want to do what I want them to do. Right. Nice. Like I can totally do that. that, you know, yeah. or like, the, and the grief right now, like I still get to spend time with myself and be in a place where like, okay, I, I can still show up. I can still mm-hmm. do this. I'm not alone. Wow. Allison, I'm just, I feel like my, my head's going to explode a little bit. (laughs) This has been so, so wonderful. And just so many pearls of wisdom throughout this call for someone, for me and for anyone listening. Thank you. I want to just give a little um, appreciation for, for your appreciation for your body. Like that is, that's so powerful. You know, our bodies are, our, it's our, it's our friend. It's our, well, it's more than our friends, but I, I like, I like to think of it that way to have this friendly relationship, this loving, appreciative relationship with the body, our bodies, instead of 
there's almost like adversarial or punishing kind of thing that can that can happen. So that that appreciation, my body, you said my body, my body does a lot of cool shit. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and also just the appreciation. I mean, sometimes I don't like to do this, but it really does give you that point of references comparing, you know, saying your mom would kill to be able to do the things that you do. So it really does just make you stop in your tracks and go, wait a minute. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I might not have all everything going on perfectly here. I might not have reached all of my goals, but I get to walk. I get to yes. go to the gym and work out. And th- that is, I just yeah. want to bask in that for a moment. <laughs> it is powerful. I used to dedicate my races to her mentally. Like mm-hmm. I'm bitching here that I think my ass is too big in my spandex pants that I chose to wear. And like, really? Like yeah. she's sitting at home, like, she would love to put on those pants and run up this right. mountain right now, you know? Yes. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. But, but I will say that that part of us that, that complains about our bodies is coming from a place of, of something that we do desire. So I always try mm-hmm. to remember to love those parts mm-hmm. of myself that are easy to hate, <laughs> you know, yes. like, Oh, there you go again, Jill with the self-sabotage talk. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, let me just take a moment and love love that too. Love that part of myself too. Like I'm sabotaging, I'm complaining about myself because actually I have things that I want to do and, and that ambitious side of me is wonderful. It gets me places in life. So I always try to, to remember Thank to- Thank you. No, that's beautiful. It's befriending the enemy, right? Like, no, that, that voice is there for a reason and it served us for a long time. So like, right. have some respect. You don't have to listen anymore, but like, you don't have right. to hate either. I like that yeah. a lot. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> this is fantastic. I'm getting goosebumps so many times. Let's just wrap it up. Thank you so much for being with me today. I, I really, really, truly appreciate it. And I think our listeners are just going to just get so, this is one of those that I think people might have to listen to a couple of times. I know I will. <laughs> I listen to all the episodes. Sometimes I listen to them twice because I'm like, wow, that was really good. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's really energizing. I love being here. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yes. For me too. Thank you. So that was pretty incredible, wasn't it? Did you feel that inspiration, that enlivenment, that empowerment? I, I certainly feel it right now. I hope you really enjoyed that conversation with Allison. Allison is a certified business performance advisor. That's her professional world. And she also, as we talked about, wrote a book called The Addict in Aisle 7. So the link to that will be in the show notes. And also she has a blog, which is really, really good. And and some really deep, personal, moving blog entries that she's done And the name of that blog is iseektruths.com. And that will also be in the show notes. So if you are looking to read some really insightful and vulnerable blog posts, I recommend that you check out her blog. As always, I will always refer you to our website as well, which is winweightloss.com. And we have 
developed our signature program, which is a a weight loss program designed from a place of love and compassion. And a lot of the stuff that we talked about in this episode, community and connection and, and slowly, slowly building those consistent habits and being gentle and kind to yourself and, and appreciating and loving your body no matter what. And just always remembering to love all the parts of yourself, even the ones that are hardest to love. So that's the that's the perspective that we're coming from. So when we say weight loss, loss, it's totally different from the typical dieting crap that is out there. So check out our blog posts. That is, again, winweightloss.com. That's W-Y-N for with your nature. Winweightloss.com forward slash blog. And thank you for listening. Thank you.